1: We'll read down through verse number sixteen, and I'll share with you what God has spoken to my heart about. The Bible said in verse fifteen, "So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month." And uh, you say, "How do you pronounce that?" I was going to ask you the same thing. In fifty and two days, it's amazing—fifty-two days they built that wall. No modern machinery, just raw manpower. Fifty-two days. Verse 16, and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. Now watch this. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Tonight what I want to do is I want to pair the first phrase of verse 15 with the final phrase of verse 16. The first phrase of verse 15 seems amazing, impossible, A miracle beyond Nehemiah's ability. And the reason it seems that way is because it was. It's entirely impossible for Nehemiah alone to build that wall in 52 days. It seems beyond his reach because it was. But we find out who really built the wall. The end of verse 16. This work was wrought of our God. God. I like what the young ladies sang to open up the service. I felt like we could probably have church after they sang that. It's amazing how much God is on those old songs and how much God is not on these new ones. They sang that old hymn, I dare not boast in anything, no wealth, no power, no wisdom, but I'll boast in Jesus Christ. For a little while tonight, I want to preach on this thought. God did it. God did it. What Nehemiah that did it? God that did it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your help tonight. I pray you'd speak to our hearts like you've already spoken to mine in preparation. I pray that you'd stir us. I pray our church, as it is, we know, but I pray it would continue to be a church that gives God all the glory for great things he hath done. Thank you for being so good in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I read a quote and it said this. It's amazing how much can be accomplished if no one cares who gets the credit. That quote's often used in the sports arena or in different areas of life where people are working together for a common goal, and it's probably a good thought, at least in the secular world. But in the Christian world and in Christian work, I want to say tonight that it absolutely does matter who gets the credit. The quote hints that greater things are accomplished when credit is kind of given randomly to someone and nobody really cares who gets it. But in Christianity, the only way the work can be successfully accomplished is if the credit is given on purpose to a specific person. In the sp- sports world, it might be the point guard one game that gets the credit. In the next game, it could be the center. In the business world, it might be the bookkeeper one month who gets the credit. In the next month, it might be a sales associate. But in the Christian world, the credit for any work being accomplished at all can't just float from Christian to Christian like a bubble going down a brook. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it might be, no matter how great or how insignificant, no matter if it draws much attention or goes largely unseen, the credit ought to always go to God. God did it. ought to be the first thing that leaves the lips of the Christian. No accolades for me, no trophies for me, no credit for me. If anything good comes out of my life or through my efforts or by our church, the initial response and the immediate testimony ought to simply be this, God did it. The Apostle Paul got it right on Mars Hill, as he said, for in him we live and move and have our being. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Philippians 2, 17, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I like these verses, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And he's not just talking about the past work of the cross, but the present expectation of the Christian in all things would be busy lifting him up. He's the vine, we're just the branch. He's the giver of life. We're just the gardener. I'm not anything. He gives the increase in my anthem and my song and my story. I ought to be, God did it. Here in Psalm 29, verse 2, the Bible said, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. I think about the verse, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. I preached on this a little bit Sunday night. Spiritual victory is never won by the flesh. And spiritual success can never be attributed to the flesh. Paul said it like this in his flesh. He said, dwelleth no good thing. And he understood if anything good came out of Paul or Paul's efforts, it wasn't because Paul was good. It's because God is God, and God was good to use the apostle Paul. Paul was crucified with Christ. Paul was dead to self, and now Christ lived through Paul. So here's what Paul would say. All of those New Testament books that he wrote, God did it. All of those churches that he saw planted, God did it. All of those souls that were won to Christ, he'd say, God did it. All of those Christians that were encouraged through his ministry, he'd say, God did it. All of the miracles that he got to witness, he'd testify and say, God did it yes he did a lot of planting he did a lot of seed sowing but any kind of increase any kind of product any kind of growth that came out of Paul's ministry was all due to God giving the increase getting the job done God did it now the coach would tell you this it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as we win the CEO would say it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as we make money The politician would say it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as we get in office. But this Baptist preacher tonight is here to tell you it absolutely does matter in the realm of Christianity who gets the credit. The old hymn says, All praise to Him who reigns on high in majesty supreme, who gave His life for man to die that He might man redeem. His name above all names shall stand, exalted more and more at God the Father's own right hand, where angels host adore. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. God did it. I believe tonight if David were to come and stand behind this pulpit and if David were to tell us about that day that Goliath met his match, lost his head and made his home in hell, that David would not brag on his sling. David would not talk about the stone. David wouldn't tell you about his days as a shepherd. He wouldn't tell you about his courage in facing that giant. He would stand up and say, I think the first thing out of his mouth, he'd say that giant is dead because God did it. I think that if Joshua were to come and stand here tonight. He wouldn't tell us about his fearlessness. He wouldn't talk about the fight that was in his soldiers. He wouldn't talk about his fortitude to march around the city. But he'd shout about how the walls came down and he wouldn't say that Joshua did it. He'd testify and say God did it. I think tonight if Peter was to come and stand here, I think Peter wouldn't brag on his preaching ability. I don't think Peter would brag on the prayer meeting from the upper room. I don't think Peter would brag about all the souls he personally won to Christ that day in Jerusalem. But I think he'd say 3,000 people got born again and here's why. It wasn't the preaching. It wasn't our praying. It's because God showed up and God did it. I think that if Esther are getting tired of it. I'm going to preach on this for another 30 minutes. I think if Esther could stand here tonight. I don't think that Esther would brag on Esther. I don't think she'd say, I had such courage to stand before the king. I had such foresight to go and ask of that petition. No, she'd brag on the grace of God and the mercy of God and the intervention of God and say, my people were spared and it was because God did it. I think that if Philip could stand here tonight, he would He said, come teach a soul winning uh, clinic at our church. I don't think Peter would teach us about his deliverance. I don't think he'd brag on his tactic I don't think he'd sell us on his salesmanship I think he'd say the spirit of God lifted me up took me to that lost man and I read him some scripture and you have to believe it man God stepped in and saved his soul God did it and church tonight here's the message I think it absolutely matters who gets the credit I'm glad that God uses men and I'm glad that God will use ladies but let us never forget though I think we have the best of the best and so those faithful workers ever to serve in the church. I think we have to remember this tonight. It's not me that gets the job done. And it's not you that gets the job done. But all glory and all honor and all the result goes to the credit of God. The song says give him the glory for what he's done in your life. He took you from sin and strife and gave a new start. He took your broken life and made you complete. So take off those crowns of glory and cast them at the Savior's feet. We don't glory in the wrench, we glory in the mechanic. We don't give credit to the brush, we give the glory and credit to the painter. We don't give the credit to the clay. We give the credit and glory to the potter. John Newton said this on his deathbed. Many things I've forgotten, but this one thing I know, I'm a great sinner and he's a great savior. And tonight, if we're not careful, we'll give all the credit to the spiritual waitress or waiter who simply delivered the meal to our table and forget there's a divine chef somewhere behind the scenes that prepared and provided the meal. B R. That's better than you're letting on. B.R. Lakin was a great preacher. B.R. Lakin was from West Virginia. Most great preachers I know are. But anyway, B.R. Lakin was a great preacher. B.R. Lakin got to speak to the president's cabinet on two different occasions. He had more invitations to preach in his mailbox each day than he could fulfill in three years' time. But B.R. Lakin, knowing that he was used of God, still made the statement. He said, I'm nothing. I'm an ought. That's a word for a zero. I'm an ought with the rim knocked off. He's saying, I'm just a big nobody. I am nothing. If God uses me, it's because God is good in my life. Have you read in Acts 14? Paul and Barnabas are preaching in a place called Lystra Lystra. And as they're preaching there, miracles are performed. A man who is is lame in his feet, is healed and begins to leap about the city. And the people of that town begin to say, Paul and Barnabas are little G gods. They ascribe to them that they're some kind of a Greek god. Now, I bet you their flesh kind of like that. I mean, could you imagine getting called a God? I wish my wife would do that at the house. I mean, could you imagine that? I'm sure, I mean, they could have had posters made. They could have signed Bibles all day long. But I like what the preachers did. The preachers redirected that misguided praise and glory from themselves and said, ye ought to worship God. They say, don't give us the credit for it. We didn't do it. God did it. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius has been praying Gentile man. And he sees Peter in a vision and he calls for Peter and Peter comes. And when he does, he falls down and worships at Peter's feet. Peter could have eaten that up, but he didn't. I tell you what Peter did. Peter said, Cornelius, rise up. He said, I'm a man just like you are. He said, if anything's going to happen here today, it's going to be because God does it. My heart's overwhelmed with that thought of what God could do through a church where it really did matter who got the credit. I wonder what God might do through your life and in my life if we really did care about who got the credit. I mean, how could God bless a church where it matters when souls get saved, who gets the credit? How might God bless a place where it matters when the baptistry is stirred, who gets the credit? How might God bless a place where it matters who gets the credit when the ministry grows? How might God bless a place where it matters who gets the credit when the altars are full and the offerings are big and spiritual success comes big or small? When it matters who gets the credit, our pulpit says that in all things he might have the preeminence. And I want us to think of it tonight. It matters who gets the credit. We got to say God did it. Look here, Nehemiah chapter number six. This is a pivoting point in the book of Nehemiah. Up to this point, Nehemiah has dealt with the rebuilding of the city, the physical labor of rebuilding the walls. Stones have been moved, trees have been cut down, and the walls have gone up. But after chapter 6, going into chapter 7 and the rest of the book, Nehemiah does no longer build the walls or the physical structure of the city but now he sets out to rebuild the people you study and find standards are set rules are put in place orders restored holiness is promoted they charge God's people not just to live as God's people but to live as godly people now Nehemiah's faced opposition. He's overcome obstacles. He's grown as a man and as a man of God, and he's finished the task he'd been called to do. Now, I said in the introductory comments, the magnitude of him getting this job done in 52 days is beyond dispute, a miraculous thing. We have modern machinery in our day. It'd make light work of a task like this. But Nehemiah got this job done, this large structure built, just with using raw manpower in just under two months. Can you imagine the fanfare that would come the direction of Nehemiah? I mean, to get a wall like that built in 52 days would garner a lot of attention for that man. I don't doubt that there were some there in the city that probably would have liked to have had a statue of Nehemiah erected and put somewhere along the wall. There probably were some that would like to have Nehemiah parties in his honor. Just have Nehemiah come and just have a party for him there might have been some men and women that thought you know what we should write some songs let's get the psalmist together and let's write some nehemiah songs and we'll sing them in jerusalem about the great builder of the wall maybe somebody said we ought to make this day on the calendar nehemiah day from here until eternity i mean think about it the book is called the book of Nehemiah. The entire story centers on this man, Nehemiah. Nehemiah is the one that started the work and finished the job. And here's what I'm saying. It would have been easy for these people to lift up Nehemiah, to put him on their shoulders, to center him in the spotlight and take all the credit and all the praise and all the glory and lay it on Nehemiah. Now hear what you're thinking, why not just do that? The quote says, it's amazing how much can be accomplished if no one cares who gets the credit. So just let Nehemiah have his credit. What's it going to hurt if he has his credit? I think the statement made in verse number 16 lets us know why it matters who gets the credit. In verse 15 and 16, these two verses combine to give us this truth. Now, in the first phrase of verse 15 you take it and mash it with the final phrase of verse 16, and it reveals to us, it shows us that it matters who gets the credit. I like verse 15 because of the way it starts out. So, like it's no big deal. So, so the wall was finished. It's almost like it just was a light thing. I mean, no big deal the stones were so heavy. No big deal that the boards were so big. No big deal that the adversaries fought and they fought and they kept fighting. No big deal that the pressure to get it done was so immense. After 52 days of laboring, building, and battling, the Bible sums up the whole situation and just says, so the wall was Finished. Now, in the next verse, we find the declaration of the work being accomplished, the job done, and the Bible tells us who got the job done. See what it says? It said, This work was wrought of our God. Now it makes sense why it starts out with that word so in verse 15. That makes it seem so light and so flippant and so easy. And it seems like that's misstated when you consider it's Nehemiah doing the work. But when you match up that phrase in verse 15 with that phrase in verse 16, now I get it why the Bible says so the walls were finished. Yes, it was a big task. But can I say it doesn't seem like such a big deal when you match the the job up with the God. God who got the job done. The stones didn't seem so heavy when you consider it was God that did it. The boards don't seem so big when you consider it was God that did it. The work did not seem so hard when you consider it was God that did it. It wasn't Nehemiah's power. It wasn't Nehemiah's tact. It wasn't his skill. It was God that got the job done. That's how Nehemiah was able to serve. That's how he's able to stay and stand and see those walls built. The God of heaven did it. The Bible says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Think about it. It was God from the beginning. It was God that gave Nehemiah the message of Jerusalem's reproach. It was God who gave Nehemiah the burden to go build. It was God that gave Nehemiah favor with the king. It was God that got Nehemiah through from Shushan to the Jerusalem. It was God that let Nehemiah rally the remnant. It was God that kept Nehemiah safe from Sambal and Tobiah. It was God that gave those workers courage to hold a trial and a sword. It was God that provided the power, needed to lift the stones. It was God that pushed the saws. It was God that swung the hammer. It was God that carried the loads. It was God that robbed the work on the wall. You see, Jerusalem did not need a Nehemiah day. They ought to have a God day. They they didn't need to throw a Nehemiah party. They should throw some God parties. They didn't need songs about Nehemiah. They had to sing sweet songs to their God. They didn't have to lift up the man. They should lift up the God of the man like John the Baptist said. He must decrease but I must increase. It wasn't the wrench. It was the mechanic. It wasn't the brush. It was the artist. It wasn't the clay. It was the potter. The quote says it doesn't matter but tonight I believe it absolutely does matter. I read a statement that said there's no limit to what God will do for the believer who will let God have all the glory. Jeremiah nine twenty three and 24, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord. Amen. Nehemiah getting those walls built in less than two months with primitive machinery is an impossibility for Nehemiah. But it wasn't Nehemiah that did it. It was God that did it through Nehemiah. God initiated it. God enlisted the workers. God empowered them. And then God brought an end to it. From start to summation, God's fingerprint is all over it. We could say it like this. All those stones, God did it. All those trees, God did it. All the iron, God did it. All those days of added strength, God did it. All those days of protection from their enemies, God did God did it. Every inch of every part of that wall, God did it. And when that last stone settled into place and that last hammer rang out with that last nail driven in the wood, the sound that resounded, the testimony that rang forth was this, God did it. Now listen, yes, thank God. He did it through Nehemiah. But don't miss it. Nehemiah was just the tool. He was just the conduit. He was just the avenue to deliver the goods and get the work of God done. The glory did not go to the instrument. The glory went to the composer. We don't sing the song, great is my faithfulness. We sing the song, great is thy faithfulness. There's only one person that can rightly say it is finished. That phrase can only fall from the lips of the Lord. It is finished creation. He did it. It is finished inspiration. He did it. It is finished salvation. He did it all throughout history in eternity past till now and on till it's always God that's why 1 Corinthians 1 says he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord because the only fit ground for glorying is found in God and I'm grateful that God will use people and I'm glad that God will use you and I hope that God will use me but I never want to forget the truth that when anything good comes out of me I'm just a sinner saved by grace it's cause God picked me up like a tool in his hand and used me for his honor and glory it's God that did it. Those stones were too big for Nehemiah. My soul leaving darkness and entering light was too big for me. I didn't save myself. I didn't earn grace on my own. I didn't merit heaven by who I am. God did that. Jesus came to where I was. He did what I couldn't do. He, he suffered my death in hell on the cross. I didn't earn it. I didn't merit I don't deserve it. I didn't do it. It wasn't my suit and tie. It wasn't carrying a Bible to church. It's not because I go to a Baptist church. It wasn't Baptist baptismal water it was the blood of Jesus Christ and that alone God did it I've been used every once in a while to see a soul saved but I don't want to forget I didn't win that soul to Christ hey I, the Holy Ghost is the soul winner I just took the message out there it's amazing that God will flow through your life and let you be a witness to a lost and dying it's too big for you a sinner to go to another sinner tell them they're gonna to go to hell and them agree with you and say you know I think you're right that makes a lot of sense Somebody sitting there eating their Cheerios on a Saturday morning not thinking anything about God or eternity. And you show up no, not knowing a stranger out there and tell them you're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. And they say, you know what? I agree with that. If you think that's you, then you got to go, you got to sue your brain for non-support. Say amen right there. God did that. Man, that's too big for me. That's too big for you. In all these things, thank God that he uses us, but think, think it's God that gets the job done. I think God would bless a place in a big way that really cared about who got the credit. I like the statement, this work was wrought of our God. I think about Mount Sinai, just a mountain, but we think of it a place of awesome judgment and the power of God. Why? God did that. The tabernacle is just a tent, just canvas, just some uh, wood. Nothing much, but it's a special place. Why? Because God did that. Our duty is to be like one of those seraphims in human form. A seraphim is just a burning ball of fire that was had one purpose, and that was to give God glory. And God said, that's the purpose of my life. And that's the purpose of your life is to give all the glory to God. The heavens declare His glory. The sun manifested His glory. And one of these days, His glory will be revealed in us. But in all things that we do between now and eternity, we've got to give Him the praise for it. Think about the Red Sea. God did that. When fire came down on Mount Carmel, God did that. When David uh, was raised up to be king, God did that. And we're too quick sometimes to throw roses and cast crowns at the feet of flesh when the roses and the crowns are only reserved for Jesus Christ. I thank God for great men and great ladies, and they've influenced my life and impacted my life. But anybody who's spirit-filled would be quick to say, hey, that's not for me. It's all the Lord that got that job done. That's why Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. That's why he said, I'm the least of all saints. That's why Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. God did it. Herod tried to take a little bit of glory from God. And what happened? The worms ate him up. A little boy went to his father and said, Daddy, let's go throw darts together. I don't know if that's Christian to do or not. You tell me if it is or not. I'll tell you if we do it after you give me your opinion. (laughs) Anyway. Lincoln's horrible at darts, but he's real good at pool and poker. <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, let's go, throw, let's go throw some darts. He said, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll go throw darts. I'll throw the darts, and you just say, wonderful. I, that, there's nothing more obnoxious to me than a sinner saved by grace that wants to rob any glory from a Savior that saved them by grace. Amen. I'm not doing what I do so that you can say, wonderful. I hope not. That's the wrong motivation. We ought, I have it written down the front of my Bible. Don't do what you do so God will say thank you to you. But do what you do to say thank you to God. Amen. You want to get low? Don't stoop down and compare yourself to God. You want to get humble? Stand as tall as you can and compare yourself to God. I mean, get as big as you can get. And then see in the presence of God how small you really are. You know, understand, if anything good comes out of my life or yours, it's not because of us. God got that wall built. The arm of flesh is frail. The arm of flesh is faulty. And if any success comes from that, it's because God put His unseen hand on that arm of flesh and yielded it for His honor. We live in a generation of self-promotion and self-love and selfies. But I think God would bless a bunch of Christians that wouldn't rob any of the praise and glory due to Him and we sing glory to his name. I'm just a sinner, he's my savior. I'm just a slave, he's the master. I'm just a beggar, he's the king. I'm just a servant, he's the Lord. My words are too feeble, my hands are too weak, my mind is too limited, my motives are too impure. I don't keep any glory for myself. And just as natural as it is for a star to shine or a wave to break or a wor- the world to turn, a Christian ought to give all the credit to our God. I'm just a voice, just a light. Just a pinch of salt, just an errand boy, just a vessel, but he's the Lord. D.O. Moody made this statement. I love the statement. He said, be humble or you'll stumble. God blesses these places that understand it's not us. That work was wrought of our God. Man, we have so many things to look at here, how God is blessed. And God blesses a man and God blesses a ministry, but it is God that does the blessing. Amen. Amen. Sunday school teacher, it's not my what a Sunday school teacher. That'll be my what a God. Amen. It should never be my what a bus worker. It should always be my what a God. It should never be my what a preacher. And I, uh, you've heard people say that, but it should be my what a God. It should never be my what a whatever it is, but always my what a God. I want to ask you, when's the last time you gave him the glory? I tell you, one of the most awkward things for somebody who wants to say. Well, that was great preaching. What do you say? If you say, thank you, then you sound full of pride. And if you say, well, if you try to correct him, then you sound full of pride because it's false humility. But I had an old preacher say, here's what you're saying. So he says, good preacher, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Stammering lips, faulty tongue. If God uses us, we're just clay. He's the potter. This work was wrought of our God. Tonight, that's my, th- man, has been burning in my heart. And here's why. I don't want God to quit using my life. I want God to use me for His glory. But the moment I start st- stealing that thing away and get some ulterior motive, I'll forfeit any kind of touch or hand of God that could possibly ever be on my life. But the same thing is true for our church. God's hand has and is on this place. But the second we think it's on this place because of us, we'll lose it. Good. If God uses us in Santa Clara, California, it's not because we're anything, it's because He's everything. And here's what we'll have to say one of these days. We'll think God will look back and the victory we won. will say, so the wall was built. But there around the throne, we're going to say, and that work was brought of our God.
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber.